Welcome ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and prefer not to disclose, back to the Undressing Underground Podcast. Hey everyone, it's Sarah Century. I'm doing a final guest episode of the Undressing Underground podcast. I say final because it's, you know, the final for the moment. Um, probably other stuff will happen later. This episode, I'm wrapping up a lot of the interviews I was doing with queer artists that were talking about how they felt they were going to be able to exist as artists during the Trump administration. And, uh, I, you know... It's looking back, we're something like 100 days in right now, and it really has been the nightmare that we all thought it was going to be. Today we have Nia King, who does the We Want the Airwaves podcast and has done uh, book collections based on the interviews that she's done there. Nia King is really incredible. Follow her work. The next is Drew Aurelia Sands, who is in the band Trap Girl, which is goddamn amazing hardcore punk band from Los Angeles. Uh, if you live in LA, go see them. It's real cool. And uh, if you don't live in LA, go see them. It's real cool. And if they go on tour, totally treat them like the amazing people that they are. Because as you'll tell from this interview, uh, she's absolutely incredible. And the final interview is Ambrosia, who plays as Wretch. I think that that's what most people know them from. They are also an artist and a really wonderful person. So if you ever get the chance, support their art as well. So all of these interviews have been so incredible to do, and they were really uh, everything that I could possibly have needed, I think, during the bleakness of understanding that your whole country is, you know, shitty. So... I'd like to thank everybody for participating. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. This stuff is so important to me and so near and dear to my heart. So I'm glad uh, that it has an audience. All of these artists are incredible. We've linked to all of their sites on the episode guide. So absolutely, please just do everything you can to support these incredible artists. Thank you. So my name is Nia King. I'm a queer, mixed-race artist and activist from Boston, Massachusetts, living in Oakland, California. I'm probably most well-known for a series of books that I've written, um, co-edited with friends called Queer and Trans Artists of Color. The first one's Queer and Trans Artists of Color, Stories of Some of Our Lives, and the second one's just called Queer and Trans Artists of Color, Volume 2. The first one was edited by my friends Jessica Gellin Zukoff and Tara Michelson. The second one was edited by Elena Rose. Um, both books are based on a podcast that I run called We Want the Airwaves, like the old Ramon song. Mm-hmm. And um, on the podcast, I interview queer and trans artists of color about their lives and their work. I've also done, like, comics and film and lots of zines. Um, but I think that the books and the podcast are probably what I'm most well known for.
And the second book just came out, right? Like not too yeah, long ago. Yeah, it just came out in October. Awesome. And you're are you you said I'm pretty sure I like I follow your Twitter, but I'm bad with information. But you are going on tour, right? I'm fundraising to do an East Coast tour right now. Um, it's not going super well, but if we can raise the money, definitely want to try and hit up Boston, New York, Philly, and Baltimore in April. All right, got it. Uh, yeah, I'll try to, like, share around the link and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, of course. Um, it's for a good cause. Uh, so when did you first realize – I know that you're kind of a multimedia artist. I am as well, so it's always kind of – I feel like there's different compartments that I fit different art into and stuff like that. Like, it, it functions as different parts of uh, my expression or something. Like, if I do – a movie, it's very different than if I do, like, a short story or something like that. Um, and I was just wondering if it's the same for you. I think different stories are better suited for different mediums. I mean, it depends, like, what you're trying to do with it, right? Like, comics, for me, are pretty quick. I mean, writing is probably the fastest. Like, a, a blog post is the quickest way to get a message out and the cheapest. Mm-hmm. But a comic is something I can sit down and, you know, draw three panels in, like, an hour maybe, and then upload, whereas um, a book obviously takes a lot longer to get out than that, or a podcast takes a lot longer to edit than that. Sure. Or, um, so, yeah, I think more than different mediums suiting different aspects of my personality, it's more about, like, which medium makes the most sense for the story I'm trying to tell, mm-hmm. or the sense of urgency that I feel behind it. Right. Uh, when did you realize that you wanted to be an artist? It's so cliche, but I, I want to say I've always been an artist. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, that's a legit answer. <laughs> like, I remember in kindergarten, one of my favorite activities was we had this paper that was like, um, you know, it had a blank space at the top for drawing, and then it had like a lined part at the bottom for writing or, like, practicing penmanship, and um, I think we would, like, have the, you know, we'd sort of narrate the story to the teacher before we, like, really knew how to write, and then we'd illustrate it, and so those are some of my earliest memories of, like, um, not just making art, but, like, being a storyteller, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what... Is it about art today that excites you the most about being involved in it? Because I know that it's, uh, in my opinion, I think that art is really different right now because it's obviously like the Internet's never existed. Uh, The way people interact with art is different. So um, what is the most exciting about today's art world to you? I mean, it's funny. I don't consider myself part of the art world at all. Yeah, that might have been like bad phrasing, actually. (laughs) No, 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 it's cool. I mean, I feel like there is this, like, capital A, capital W art world, but what I feel excited about is, like, what I see happening in my sort of immediate vicinity. Like, I feel like there's a really amazing community of queer and trans artists of color making political work here in the Bay Area, and so I'm excited to be documenting what they're doing. Yeah. Um, Because I feel like a lot, I don't know, it's also cliche to say the Bay Area is a bubble, but I feel like there's a lot of weird, like, micro-celebrities here where, like, we all know about each other's work, but outside the Bay, no one's ever heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually so, really true of uh, the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah, a big part of my work is trying to, like, share the cool shit that's happening in the Bay right now with people in other places. Yeah. Um, 
so obviously, like, there's been uh, just a lot of political turmoil lately. I don't think that it – it's, like, kind of hard to say because it's um, obviously – Everybody, a lot of people exist at, under pressure, obviously, political pressure uh, for most of their lives, if not all of their lives, and it's to varying degrees. But do you think that the way that politics are, like, today, right now, is um, markedly different than what it has been in the past? Like, is there anything new or different about uh, America under, like, this recent election and things? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say, I would say there is. Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone's terrified. <laughs> yeah, everyone's At terrified. Least everyone I know. I think, like, I think part of why fundraising has been really hard right now is because everyone's, like, hunkering down for the end times. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, like, I don't know. For me, politics and art, everything's very tied to economics. Like, mm-hmm. um, living in the Bay is really hard if you don't make a lot of money. And I, everyone, I think, is. I'll speak for myself, preparing for sort of, like, a a bleaker economic future, like, preparing yeah. for things to get worse, right, both politically and and money-wise. And yeah. so um, there's there's a real sort of, like, yeah, I feel like people are sort of emotionally and psychologically trying to prepare for the end of the world right now, which is a, a pretty different different political climate than what we're experiencing before I mean I think like things were not perfect or even great or even good under Obama necessarily depending on who you ask but like there is just a a death of hope I feel like you sound so bleak but I I think it's true like I didn't I didn't think he could win and I didn't realize that I had hope or faith in the United States until it was gone, you yeah. know, until it, I felt like it was taken from me by this election. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's a completely different political climate than, like, what we've experienced in the last four to eight years. Like, shit was bad before, but everyone's preparing for it to get a lot worse. Maybe yeah. not everyone, but everyone that I'm, like, in community with. I would agree with that. And I honestly, I think that you just summed it up a lot better than what I've been able to in the past because I think that a lot of the people who I'm talking to are trying really hard to put a brave front on everything kind of and just like, well, you know, it's been bad <laughs> before and like things like that. And it's just like, to me, um, I was getting on a plane during, like on election day and uh, honestly, like I wasn't totally sure that the planet was still going <laughs> to exist whenever I landed. Like, once I saw, like, the red, like, sweeping, like, the whole country, I was just like, oh, God, like, uh, <laughs> like what's going to happen? Um, so, yeah, it was the same for me. Like, I didn't know I had faith in America, but I guess I did until <laughs> now. Um, uh, so I've, I'm not sure where you stand on this. I know that personally uh, politics in my art, like, it just found me. Like, there's no real way for me to separate it out because obviously just being – gay in and of itself is, like, its own, like, political orientation, kind of, like, whether you like it to be or not, Um, and so, like, to me, it's just inseparable, like, I've never really known the difference between art and, like, political art, because it's all kind of political, but um, do you think that artists have the responsibility to be political? What I want to say is that everything's political, whether you mean it to be or not. Yeah. Um. I, I guess I feel like the question is really, like, 
you artists have a responsibility to respond to what's happening. Yeah. Either in in their time or in their place. Um, and no, <laughs> I guess I don't. I mean, like, I I feel very strongly about. It, I'm contradicting myself because I feel really strongly <laughs> that art should be political, like political art that has meaning or that has a message is a kind of art that I personally enjoy and I'm drawn to. And I get sometimes really frustrated with, um, I feel like independent media in general is like best used as a tool for elevating the voices of people that are ignored by the mainstream media. So like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I want to see all art and media used to give voice to the oppressed. It's, that sounds really cliche, but, like, um, I don't know. I I hate art that's not about anything. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, like, I mean, it, you know, it can be aesthetically beautiful and that has value, but I especially hate zines that aren't about anything. It's, like, a real <laughs> issue for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I've had those, like, you read, like, the zine that's from the guy who, like, went to Europe for a summer or something, and you're like, oh, no. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate travel zines as a genre, but, like, I was at East Bay Zine Fest this past weekend, and there were a couple people that were like, oh, I didn't know they could have words in them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Yikes. laughs> <was like>, <laughs> Yeah, or, like, I didn't know they could be about stuff. And I was like, <laughs> that's really disconcerting. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think that art, has to be topical, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, it can be political without being about what's happening in the Uh news right now. For sure. Um, And I think that's maybe what political has come to mean or what people have come to associate it with it, is, like, responding to what's happening right now. Uh Um, But there's definitely other ways that art can be political. I'm sort of in this weird world between art and journalism where, like, I do feel sort of pressure to be topical and to be relevant and to respond to things as they come up and maybe part of that's just being on social media too. Mm-hmm. But um, the kind of work that interests me is is not about current events. Like that stuff is really important, but it's also becomes dated almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I try to do work that I hope will sounds corny, but, like, be evergreen. Like, it's going to be relevant regardless of what's happening in the news. And I like to believe that my work is relevant regardless of what's happening in the news. Right. will continue to be so. Right. Like, there's all of these, like, 80s punk bands that have, like, really specific Reagan lyrics. It's weird, I guess, (laughs) how much that, like, didn't change. (laughs) Because it's, like, a lot of those lyrics are still really relevant, but, you know, they're still mad at Reagan, like, in these old recordings, and you're like, yeah, (laughs) it's a little little different now. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so the last question I have for you is kind of a two-part question. Uh, and I just, I'm curious where you think, and this is, when I say art, I mean whatever you want to take it as, basically. Like, it, it means journalism to me as well. Um, so where do you think art is going to go in the future as far as you as a creator? Like, where, what new places do you think that art is going to take you? I don't know. I hope it takes me to a job with benefits. <laughs> That's really my hope. I'm trying to, like, write my way out of retail right now. Yes. Um, 
I I don't know. I've had kind of an interesting and weird career. Like having a day job has really helped me be able to put time and energy into my art, and specifically because I work part time. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of where art is going to take me. I really have no idea. I mean, I think the hope has always been that eventually I won't need a day job and I'll be able to, like, make a living off of my creative labor, whether it's speaking or writing or podcasting or publishing or whatever, or some combination of all those things. But, um, I mean, I've interviewed a lot of artists and and of the queer and trans artists of color I've talked to, almost none of them are making a living off of their art. Yeah. And I don't expect that to get, like, better in the Trump era. So. <laughs> right. Uh. Um, so I I don't know. I mean, like, in the Bay right now, there's also a lot of, like, we just had this terrible fire yeah. in Oakland. I don't know. It's all tied together. Like I said, I feel like it's all it's all economic and it's all political and it's all artistic as well. Like, artists not being able to afford to live here paints a pretty bleak picture of the future for art here, but it's weird. You can't separate art from, like, affordability, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not just artists that need cheap rent. Like, all low-income people, poor people need cheap rent. Yeah. Um, and, like, good jobs with decent wages. And, yeah, it's just everything looks super bleak right now. Um, I feel like DIY spaces are always like you're never going to be able to just completely eliminate them I don't think um they've always like I've been involved in DIY culture since probably the early 2000s and like you know venues come and go and like squats come and go or whatever but they never disappear I mean a space might no longer be functional, but, like, DIY spirit doesn't just go away. Like, kids find new places to throw parties. Yeah. Or um, house shows or whatever. And so, like, I guess that gives me hope, but it's also it's also just a really hard time for that right now. Yeah. Agree. Like, a thousand percent agree. Uh, what do you think is going to change about how people interact with art in the next, like, say, 50 years or so? I mean, my hope is that it will be seen as less disposable, I guess. I think that the types of art and media that I'm personally really interested in and passionate about, like podcasts and zines and comics, are, you know, things that people often, like, read once and throw away or read once and pass on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, and again, I, I feel like this is really cliche, but um, because of the Internet and because we get used to looking at a lot of things for a very short period of time and not really, like, allowing one thing to hold our interest for very long or being fairly rare that something does that. Um, It creates pressure, I think, for artists to be constantly generating new work or new content. Mm -hmm. And because you know that the work you put out there, the lifespan or the attention span of your audience is going to be fairly short. Yeah. and I guess my hope is to sort of move away from that. I don't necessarily see that happening or know what that would look like, but um, for the value of an artist to be not just about how much they produce and how quickly they produce it, mm-hmm. 
which I feel like is very tied to, like, capitalism and ableism. I don't know. To be able to take time to make stuff that matters <laughs> to them and hopefully to their audience in, like, a lasting way. I think that's what I've tried to do with the book. Um, you know, the book is a project that took a long time, but I feel like the quality is really, it really shows, like, the time and effort that went into it really shows, and and you know, it's going to be in libraries hopefully forever. So yes. <laughs> that's really, that's really comforting to me. It's, I'm not trying to say the future of art is that like books are going to replace tweets or anything, but, <laughs> um, you know, that there could be room for both. You see, I'm, I'm from a city that's, it's a, I'm from an inner city of Los Angeles that's called Southgate, which is about 25 minutes from Silver Lake, Echo Park, where the real arty, hipster, rich people who make art live, mm-hmm. right? So I didn't know that world. So I knew I wanted to make music. I knew I had something to say. So I started making music here in Southgate as a folk artist by myself, right? Like me, and another, me and this guy would go around playing, you know, songs and stuff. And um, the scene here in Southgate was very, this is about 2012. So it was about, it was very, like, indie, rock, folk. It was very, like, you know, like, you know, four guys who are into Johnny Cash, other side of band, like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, they were, they were bol- <laughs> they, like, they're all, like, under 25, and they wear bolo ties, and they, they shop, they wear shoes from the thrift store, and they play, like, surf bra. Oh yeah, <laughs> okay. I've seen this. So, so I have I have like eighty two bands like that in my city. Right. So I, I, I'm a queer person. I'm a trans person. I've always been like that, and and it was very off putting for you know the twenty twenty three years twenty three year olds in bolo ties and stuff. You know? <laughs> it was, it was off putting for them. It was it, it just it, it made them uncomfortable. So, right. Um. I I was almost not invited. You know, I was not um, praised or invited to play things here in my own city. For sure. Um, as much as I as much as I wanted to become part of their scene, I was not allowed to. So I had to literally step back and and you know, as a musician, as a as a someone who's motivated, as a business person, as a manager, I had to go back and rewrite my kind of my history. You know, rewrite my my future and say like. Well, what what do I need to do to, to 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 get into a music scene? What do I need to do to travel to tour to be a musician? I need to change genres. I need to find different people. I need to find my tribe, you know. And it's exactly what I did. I went. I started a punk band with women, and I and, and I we just started playing gigs and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And um and then George, who was our drummer, who later joined later, and and we kind of. We went out, you know, I got out of the city, you know, we got out of our city and, and we went to, 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 um, East Los Angeles, to Boyle Heights, to Silver Lake, to all the, you know, where it's happening, you know, like, I, we went there where, where things are happening and, and people accepted us, gay people, queer people, trans people. I met, I actually met a, my first ever trans person who was a musician, you know, it was a big deal to me. Yeah. And, um. It, it only continued more. It gave me the opportunity to to travel and tour the Trap Girl and play all over California and play Las Vegas and Arizona and 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 
can, you know, go everywhere. And uh, because of our message and because I embraced my queerness and, and my, um, I guess, my transness, I embraced it and I put it as the forefront for this band. Not not originally, but, you know, as, as the months went on, I made that very much our message. You know what I mean? We're totally. We're women. We're women. You know, we're trans people. We're gay people. We're brown people. We're fat people. We're white people. We're 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 all these things. You know, so that helped a lot. And For sure. um, um, we just went out into the world and kind of accepted. And then as I went around touring and playing shows, and and like I say, paying dues. You know, we paid a lot of dues playing shitholes across California. And when I did that, I met queer people and trans people and I realized how how much how many people there are just like me and I thought well I want to have like you know a big party with like everybody I've met and I want to like have everybody here and like have us all play and I was like well I'll just be like a festival you know like I just wanted to be around my friends that you know I want to be around my friends period so that, yeah. that was the main motivation for for starting shows and starting to become kind of a doula of the DIY scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What was, do you have a, it's it's hard to ask this question kind of because I know some people like really specifically remember this stuff and then some people it's just kind of gone. But uh, do you have a moment of your life that you really remember just being like, I'm going to be a singer, like seeing something happen or experiencing something that made you feel like that was just like the path for you or? Uh, well, yeah, that's a good question. I, I I learned to read and write late in life for mm-hmm. some reason. I was I've always been a depressed. I was always a depressed kid, so I took longer to to kind of I guess blossom when it came to natural talents like reading and writing. But the moment I did read and write about ten years old, and that's kind of late. The moment I learned to write and read is when I started writing songs. Mm-hmm. So it just, it just happened. The moment I could put words together, I was writing songs. So that I remember that, you know, totally. little, like, sentences that rhymed, and I already knew I was already doing melodies, things like that, that young. I wasn't sure what I was doing. That's why I always say, like, I didn't pick, you know, I didn't, you know like when you pick football or basketball. I didn't, it wasn't like that. Like, I, was, I didn't pick music or cooking. It was like music chose me, kind of, as yeah. cheesy as that sounds. <laughs> like, <laughs> It just like it just took me, you know what I mean? Like, and music has been the con- the constant in my life since then. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, absolutely. That's like <laughs> that's, that's like the Shirley, that's like the Shirley MacLaine hour or something. But um, <laughs> yeah, or the Sylvia Brown hour or something. But yeah. yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. It doesn't sound cheesy at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> what? motivated you, I mean, you, we kind of discussed this a little bit, but in specific, uh, what motivated you to create the festival that you did create, and, like, how did it come together? Um, well, a lot of things motivated it, right? A lot of things inspired me and motivated me. The main thing was that there wasn't a person with my kind of thinking, like I said, I'm very, like, manager thinking. I'm always thinking of management, how to manage things. Mm-hmm. And in, in our scene, whether whether it be, um, like, um, I'm sorry, I was getting another call, and I just hung it up. <laughs> uh, in our scene, yes, there was a lot of queer people, 
and I met a lot of queer people, but there wasn't too many people who were queer or trans who were trying to create a community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I, I felt like, where, where is she? You know, I haven't met her. Totally. I haven't met the woman who, who's going to help me put together, like, this great festival. Like, where, like, does she hang out in a treehouse or does she live under a bridge? Do I have to rub a, ge- <laughs> rub a genie lamp to get her out? Where is this woman? Where is this man? And she doesn't exist. So right. I took it upon myself to be that woman, you know, to be that person who's going to put a, a festival that's for me, catered, you know what I mean, for me, by me. Yeah. Um, because, I'm, I, I, you know, you just can't sit around and hope that someone walks by and says, I want to make a festival just for trans people and just for you. No, <laughs> I couldn't find that person. I couldn't find them. It took me a year. I couldn't find them. So I had to just do it myself. Right. And, and, and again, I wanted to, to feature trans people making hardcore music because it, it also stems from the, also stems from other queer festivals that are around the country. Like in Chicago, they have something called Feta Fest. Mm-hmm. which is a queer and trans festival. Yeah. Meaning that, if, like, if you're queer, and, you know, um, and you're in a band, you play. But yeah. And then there's, like, um, Homo Palooza in, in, in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Which is and same, uh, same queer and trans. Silk Fest, which they have in Milwaukee. I went to Fed Up Fest, actually, this last year. Okay. So you know about it. You know mm-hmm. all about that. So, um, yeah, but I still felt that I felt like there's still something that could have been that could stem from those festivals, mm-hmm. you know, a trans festival where we're celebrating trans people, trans talents, trans people making hardcore music. Like, let's celebrate that. Let's feature that and let's spotlight that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to really, you know, put all these bands through a sister and find the hardcore band. You know, there's not too many. You know, there's not too many period with queer people in them. So. I know I make hardcore music, and then we find people who make the hardest music who are under the transgender umbrella. Yeah. And that's what I did. Yeah. Totally. And there's also, like, just, I mean, as everyone hopefully knows the history of there being so many, like, lesbian gay festivals that, like, explicitly exclude trans people. Um, So definitely doing one, you know, at least one. (laughs) But, yeah. um, You know, know, a lot of a lot of festivals would love to feature a trans artist, like, oh, well, she's trans, we have to have her. Mm-hmm. But they don't, they don't ever, like, they never sought out trans musicians, you know what I mean? Like, they want the, the, the person to come to their doorstep and, like, cry at the door, you know? <laughs> right. And say, oh, and we're so happy you're here, come on in, you know, you're going to be part of the festival. It doesn't work that way, you know what I mean? Like, I, again, as a, as a singer, as a, as a, as a promoter, I went out like a little talent scout as well. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I went out and saw these bands and thought, yes, yes, you are the shit and you're <laughs> going to be in my festival. Like I went out and I sought out them. You know what I mean? Like I looked for them and I, um, um, I became friends with, with all these bands. And I've been very fortunate to do this, very lucky, you know, yeah. to be able to do that. How do you think that politics of today are going to affect queer art going forward? and the ability that queer artists have to make art? Well, it's not going to affect the art, because right. I'm still going to write songs. I'm still going to do everything I've done for the past, I don't know, all these years. I'm still going to do it. And almost, I'm going to do it at a more manic pace. 
<laughs> because there is that we're, we we are on that nervous kind of land as as queer people. Are you queer? Are you? Can I ask? Yeah, you, yeah, you absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean, it's never going to go away. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. like I, I, me personally, growing up, I was bullied my whole life, right? My whole life. So this is this ain't shit to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can fuck with me, and you probably will, but we've been through so much as queer yeah. people, as gay people, as trans people. Trans people every day yeah. have cans thrown at them, are threatened, are bullied, are made fun of, are losing jobs. Trans people have been losing jobs for years. Trans yeah. people have been bullied and beaten for years. So what? what's it going to do? One more man's going to come in here? No. We, wish, we know. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, we're so strong as it is. And we yeah. think there's so much as it is. Like, this ain't no shock to me. Like, what more What more do you have? Like, what do you want to, what do, you want to do? You want to play? You want to fuck with me? Let's do it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, to me, it's just another man. Yeah. And, uh, and we, have to, we have to maintain togetherness. I continue to say that that's my message, really, for, our, for all. The simple message, really, is togetherness. You know, like, I have you, you have me, and I got that chick over there and that guy. Like, we have each other's back, and we're together. That's yeah. the most we can do. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to do nothing. Yeah. I thoroughly agree. Uh, yeah. Where, how, how do you think, so, uh, lately, obviously, like, there's been so much changes, like, with the Internet. And, like, I mean, I've always known the Internet as being how you find out about shows and how you go to shows, how you listen to music mm-hmm. and things like that. How do you think the way that people interact with art is going to change going forward? Or, like, how do you think it will change for people to, like, attend festivals? Do you think festivals themselves will be changing? Or just kind of, like, yeah, what do you think about that? Oh, well, you know, we've changed so much in the past month. Yeah. Right? Totally. Um, since December 2nd yep. of last year, it's re- really been turned on its head. Yeah. You know? It's really on its head, the entire scene, because so many places that we played at um, last year that were that were really really great, and not and some not so great, but the ones that were really great um, have disappeared. Yeah, and it's, it's and I thought I thought I was I thought I was getting fucked with, like I thought I was seeing things, you know, but no, like all these photos disappeared, all these addresses disappeared, and everything disappeared, and it's scary. Because that's our home, you know. The DIY scene is our home, and these places are our home. And after what, what that horrible thing that happened December second, after that, it really turned everything on its head. I mean, yeah. it's beyond. I mean, losing all those people was so freaking heartbreaking and so sad. And to have to face an even sadder, you know, have to face something even after the sadness, something even sadder, which is a long term kind of you know, like a closure of not of not only these poor people's lives, but the art that was, was supposed to console everyone who's going through this yeah. is not going to happen. You know, we're, we're being denied. We're being denied the ability to, to, to console each other through the art scene, through the DIY scene. And that, to me, that is heartbreaking among, yeah. you know, of course, with all the lives lost and everything, you know, it's just... It's too much. It's like, too, it's like, you know, it's almost like two different years, you know, two different events, but they're not. You know, everything's together, and it's kind of grinding everything at the same time, which really 
really sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, definitely right after, like, the shock of the election and then to deal with, like, another huge shock was devastating, I think. And, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, so many, Probably. so many spaces have closed down. In the meantime, like, I was just now in Denver this, like, last couple of weeks, and they just lost, uh, I believe, all of their major DIY spaces um, in just, like, the span of a week or something. They all just got shut down. Really? Yeah. In Denver. You know, and I, Den- I heard Denver was great. My boyfriend toured uh denver and he loved it yeah uh denver has its its crew and that's they're usually pretty great at maintaining there's i believe that the only place that's left right now though is like the seven circle space as far as uh diy spaces go um and then like also just south of there there's colorado springs and they also just got finished having their place shut down so a lot of like these like interim places too are being shut down unfortunately Oh my God, horrible, terrible. It is. It's a. It's also a terrible thing on top of like losing. Obviously, like I, I personally had friends that were in that fire. So, uh, and I know so many people did. It was. It's. They were really just such beloved members of the community that it's. Just yes. Yes. Nightmarish. No, but, all my a lot of my a lot of a lot of friends of mine who play Transgress Fest, who were from the Bay, were. Were mutual friends. Yeah, so like everyone's connected. I knew I didn't know anyone personally in the that that parish, mm-hmm. but a lot of my friends had friends. You know, just like yeah. you, you had friends in there. So it, it blows my mind how small the community. And you know, the Bay Area is very small, and it's a very tight community. So it really it just it blew me away to, to know that so many friends of mine had friends who passed away. Like, I just thought this is fucking. Crazy. Yeah, and it was Crazy. a huge hit for the DIY, or like not just the DIY community, but but specifically the queer community because so many people who oh, yeah. passed were queer. Definitely. And like to me, yeah, that was it's, it's it hasn't really so much been regarded as that, I guess, like by the any media right. or anybody right. that talks right. about no, it. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, but to me, it's just obviously. Just a, like probably probably just like one of the biggest losses, I guess that can be no, imagined. Everyone, everyone in the DIY scene who was queer was affected. Yeah, everyone. Not uh, one person was not. It just amazed me. Yeah, I agree with that. And there's been so many benefits as a result. Um, and when 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 we toured when we toured the Bay Area, those are some of my favorite shows. Yeah, it's it's always been such a wonderful place to have shows. Let's see, what what excites you the most about playing in Trap Girl? Oh, well, I love being in Trap Girl because Trap Girl is actually a band I want to see. You know, I started Trap Girl because it's some, it was a band that I wanted to go to a show and, and uh, be a, an audience member to. Yeah. But I couldn't find, I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't find, like I, I was talking about that promoter earlier, I couldn't find a, a lady promoter like that, so I became her, and I couldn't find, a band like Trap Girl, so I became that band, you know, I, you know, we became that, what I wanted to see, and that's the, the most exciting part for me about, about being in Trap Girl, is the fact that whatever I want to see, I will produce, you know, and it, it's a, it's, it's, it's an escape for me, I don't feel like her sometimes, you know, sure. it's, it's an escape, and, and it's, it's so therapeutic for me, even though people get scared, and I scare people, and they say I, that I'm a scary woman on stage or whatever. <laughs> it should be, I am, I am, I'm pretty scary. It's like, you know, extra, it's like, like, it's like the exorcist meets like Dolly Parton sometimes. But, 
you know, um, but it's all therapeutic for me, and it's 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 what I'm I'm in, I'm I'm so in love with the audience and with the music and with the message, yeah. and that's why I keep doing it, and that's what excites me the most. Well, that's awesome, and thank you so much for giving me your time. Uh, I saw Trap Girl, uh, I believe, twice this last year. One was at the Alice Bag show that y'all played. Um, oh, with great. like sister okay, so. sister Mantos. Yeah, I love sister Mantos. That was one of like the best shows I've ever seen. I thought that that was just one of the best things. Just lineup was solid, so solid. So ah, oh, cool, including us. Oh, cool. <laughs> us too. <laughs> it was perfect. I believe y'all y'all played first, I think, and uh, yeah. We yeah did. That was it was just such a perfect lineup because it was like the kids that were there that were just like put Trump in the dumpster and like oh it was A plus A plus oh. as shows go. Oh, and, you know it's funny too. I, that was a very emotional show for me because we had a we had like a, a dressing room and I, and my sister who's like my best friend who's never been to a trap girl show. We played over 150 trap girl shows. She's never been to a trap girl show. And she has three kids. She has twin girls and a and a and a boy. And the girls are like eleven. The boys like thirteen or fourteen. And she's never been to a show. And we're so close. And she actually went right. Mm-hmm. So my best friend uh, Mitchell ran in and says, "Your sister is here." And the kids are here. <laughs> and I just start. I just I just burst into tears. And he had a. He literally. It was like a. It was terms of endearment. Because he was hold, he was holding me, and I was crying in his arms. Oh my god! And, I, and it's funny because I, I I told him I'm not going to say anything on stage because if I say anything, I'm gonna my voice is gonna crack and I'm gonna fucking cry and I'm gonna fuck it up. <laughs> so I really I didn't say shit. I was I wish I was strong to say, you know, I'm really happy to be here tonight, you know, because my sister's here for the first time. I, there was no way. Of <laughs> I was but, so emotional that day. <laughs> that adds so much to the story. <laughs> yeah, because I couldn't break, you know, I don't want to break character, you know. Totally. I to stay in that mindset. And had I even tried to say anything, I would have burst into tears like a, like a sissy. Like, I'm not afraid of emotions, but I'm not afraid of emotions, but I just don't want to fuck it up, you know. I'd be like, I would have snot coming out of my nose. Oh, man. Um, Well, I just released an album called Sympathy for the Creator. Um, I'm working on some videos for that. Um, I also... uh, I don't know. I'm in school right now, so I haven't really been doing a ton of, like, bigger stuff. Um, But, like, before I left, I did the Planets installation in Seattle, which was really huge and awesome. Um, and uh, I mean, I was in sailbirth for like three or four years. Um, mm. And that was kind of more like a collective with like a few kind of base members. Um, mm-hmm. But like sometimes I'd play solo and sometimes I'd play with like 10 different people. Mm-hmm. Um and we did a few, um, I don't know, we did a lot of, like, 
installations and big crazy performances that lasted for four hours and like um, collaborations and things like that. Um, and that kind of culminated in uh, me hooking up with Megan Angus in Seattle and doing Planets um, back in like March of 2015. So over a year ago now. Yes, that's not that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, you do lots of painting. I do some painting. Um, <laughs> lots of snakes. Yep. <laughs> uh, I do some drawing. I used to make a lot of zines and stuff um, and like illustrations and like comics. But I don't know. I kind of fell out of that. I just didn't have time for it anymore. When did you first realize that you wanted to be an artist? Oh, shit. Um, to be honest, this is a weird question because, like, I feel like we kind of are, like, raised with this idea and mentality of, like, having to choose an identity and path for ourselves. Uh-huh. And, like, doing so kind of, like, contributes to the capitalization of of creating. Right. Um, and, like, kind of contributes to how it becomes this, like, very separatist and um, uh, kind of like a career, you right. know, like, when it's really not, it's, like, kind of returning to, like, who you naturally are when and I think that that's like you know it's it's like a commitment to selfhood if anything right um so it's like it's not so much like when I realized I was an artist like I've always known that that's like who I am it's just like consistently making the commitment to not fall into the trap of like heteronormative like capitalism and like all you know like it's like every time that comes up having to be like no that's not right and that's not my path and that's not where I want to be I Uh guess um okay so what excites you the most about making art Mm. I don't know um I I just feel really like I think the the best point of of being is like when you have an idea that you like have to do and then like like getting it done as quickly as possible without actually thinking about it is like the best part because it's like all fire but then like reflecting on it later and like figuring out what it means is also really fun (laughs) yeah writing about what you just did and and understanding it Hmm. yeah I think I agree with that Mm -hmm. Um, like the sense of purpose Sorry, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> the mo- the moments that fill you with a sense of purpose, I think, yeah, are the best parts of being an artist. Right. Um. Do you think? How do you think that? Um. So there was an election recently. Um. <laughs> no way. <laughs> um. Which country? <laughs> um. How do you think that that's going to change the landscape for artists? I mean, it sucks. Um, I'll be totally honest. I think that um, the way that things are going, like there's kind of like no way for us to avoid like inevitable violence and strife. And that's going to really affect 
um, people who are most vulnerable, you know, um, like I just got back from Standing Rock and they're like, are like helicopters flying overhead, spraying chemicals on people in the middle of the night without their lights on so that they can't take video of them. And like, like, it's just like, you know, like, like we kind of come to this point where like everyone who's marginalized, like whether you're queer or in, you know, like a person of color, like whatever, it's like, like, it's like in immense, sort of um, violence against the bodies of those who are not um, white nationalists, I guess, you know, like, um, so it's like, like artwork, I think is kind of going towards this sort of um, message of like, if it's not subversive, then it's not really valuable right now because we need to be like, um, fighting against whatever oppression is arising, you know? Right. Um, but there's also kind of, like, the undertone of, like, I think that a lot of artists feel really discouraged and, like, they're not going to be able to survive this and, like, what's the point of creating? And I just see a lot of, like, um, like friends who are, like, really sad and, and bummed and, like, don't have the motivation to make. And that is, like, the worst fucking part of all of this. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. Um, so I, it's like, uh, I'm trying to think of how to ask this question because I know how I'm going to ask this question to other people, but I feel like uh, with you, I think it's clear that your activism kind of plays a big part in <laughs> why you create things, I guess. Um, so I'm just, I'm interested in um, how maybe like, activism and identity politics uh inform your art i guess <laughs> it's funny because i don't think that my art is really inherently political or active like that um i think that um i'm starting to like realize the ways in which it can be um but it's more like <laughs> to me i guess like huh? it's just i said to me it's just that uh Whenever you're creating stuff that's like more on, say, like the avant-garde side, I guess, like that's where mm -hmm. I place myself as well. Um, I think that just in by your existence, you are protesting something, <laughs> kind of, because it's like yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, please go ahead. No, I totally agree with that. Like it's just like starting to like be like okay, like I'm just trying to like fulfill an entirely different archetype of human than exists yeah. because we like live in this place where we are given archetypes to fulfill and like that is how like the Romans controlled the people you know or like the um, right. like through theater um, and like thinking back on that history and being like okay like how can we subvert that system by like just like living different kinds of lives mm -hmm. um and, like, making new archetypes for people to understand and see and, like, go, like, okay, like, you know, and, and you see that happening all over, you know, like, people who are in um, far less than normative kind of, like, uh, situations and lifestyles and, like, how that's, like, sort of beginning <laughs> to come to the forefront. Um, yeah. But, 
on another level, I think that a lot of my art, I just try to be like really soothing and try to be like, you know, like, like whatever fucking wisdom like lives inside my body. I try to just like communicate that and be like, here's, here's some knowledge and here's some comfort and here's something to soothe you, you know, um, it's kind of what sympathy was about really. So, Um, that's okay uh you don't have to apologize for being sick i don't think that you were in control of that um (laughs) but i appreciate the sentiment um where okay so in what directions do you think that art is going in the future and i mean that uh by also what do you think is going to change about how people interact with art oh man i have like high hopes have really high hopes and really radical ideas about what art is going to become. Me too. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to just, you know, like let my idealism show here. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, like, like a returning to art as, as kind of like our own collective ritual is like really um, starting to kind of sink in with people. Like it was always kind of just a part of our being and a part of our like, um, collective process, you know, like we used to gather around fires, like all different kinds of, um, cultures and make masks and do performances and like put our blood on things and like let different parts of our nature, like kind of like come up through us and like creativity was just kind of like secondary nature. And I think that with like, especially seeing a lot of like the younger, millennial generation kind of like queer um like activist artists uh, like people of color who are like embracing their heritage um and things like that and like really looking into history and and trying to decolonize what it means to exist um i think it's going to be kind of a return to that mentality of like art as a gathering space and art as a collective like healing and and processing and growth um rather than like the solo genius who like makes really beautiful paintings. Like I think everyone's fucking sick of that shit. So um, I see a lot more heart coming into play and um, a lot more history and and just context and um, kind of awareness of our evolution. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) I think that there will be um, a lot of interactive art on the internet and it'll be great. Oh, yeah. Technology, it's like the screen is the new fire. Like, we're gathering around screens instead of fires. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it is perfect. I agree. And there's so much technology that's available to people that it was never available to before. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's amazing. It's like telepathy with training wheels. Like, like... I don't know. I just watched the X-Men last night, so maybe I'm, like, a little bit um, <laughs> influenced by this. But, like, when, when Xavier goes into his, like, uh, like bubble where he can see everyone's consciousness at once and, like, pick people out or whatever. Like, that's from, like, the internet. It's Facebook. <laughs> totally. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All you have to do is bring up the X-Men in a conversation, and I'm just like, cool, let's talk about that forever. Um, but I'm not going to do that. Instead, we're going to end the interview. Um, is there anything 
that I need to know about you <laughs> in the future. Um, <laughs> what what future things are you doing? Future things. Um, I am kind of like in a space where I'm trying to also like understand my own history and culture um, and figure out how to like bring that into my practice. Um, and I don't know, I'm starting to experiment with video. I'm working on an album called Psychic Newsfeed that I'm really excited about. Um, but mostly I'm in school and like have no time for anything. So <laughs> of course. <laughs> Keep an eye out in like two years when I'm done. <laughs> two years is reasonable. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for talking to me. Hell yeah, thank you. All right, bye. Um, bye.